Good news. My new book is finally here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth, and you can order it now wherever books are sold. I wrote this book after the five-year span between 2016 and 2020 when I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked literally every area of my life, my health, relationships, money, career, social status, and even my very sense of self. And along the way, I really got to experience firsthand how dysfunctional our culture's relationship is to loss. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success and shackled with isolation and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and our evolution not only as individuals, but also as a collective. So this book expands the conversation around loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we definitely cover those too, in order to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. So whether you're experiencing hardship now, or know you have past hurts that are holding you back in certain ways and still need healing, this book is here to support you. It's also a great book to gift to clients, family members, friends, just other women in your world who are going through a challenging time. It will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. So within the loving pages of this book, you will have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. It was not a joy to live this journey, but it really was a joy to write it. And you can find it again, wherever books are sold and the audio version of the book is available as well. If you would like some gifts to accompany you on your heartbreak journey, you can get those at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. Those are free. Whenever you order books, you can just send in your invoice or your receipt and we'll send you those accompanying gifts. Enjoy. Hello, sisters. Welcome to She Talks, a space for you to come home to your inner wisdom, which I call your she. I'm Sarah Von Stover, and this is the 10th and final episode of our seasonal series here on the podcast, Bubble Bath Wisdom, which began all the way back at the end of November. I feel like I've grown and learned a lot during this time, and I hope that you have too. Because my intention behind this series has been to offer you some sisterly support, both emotionally and practically, in stepping off the hamster wheel of busyness and perfectionism in order to honor all of yourself in the year ahead. And today's talk is a fitting finale for our series because it's all about integration. It's about taking our insights from the yoga mat or the meditation cushion and bringing them into our intimate relationships, our parenting, our leadership, and even something as foundational as the inner attitude that we move through each day with. But before we dive in, I want to point out that the teachings and practices I've shared over these past two months are exactly the kinds of topics that I support women with in my nine-month spiritual practice community called the She School. Actually, I've taken most of the talks I've shared here from that program including today's clips, which I drew from live group mentoring calls in last year's She School. 
Because of this, all the talks in this series also paint a picture of what the essence of our community experience is inside this nine-month heroine's journey. Inner criticism, perfectionism, self-doubt, sexuality, moving through life cut off from one's inner power or one's heart. These are all things that women struggle with when they join the She School. But after moving through this journey with the loving support of me, our global sisterhood, and our two certified assistant mentors, most women leave feeling much more whole, empowered, and like they've finally jumped out of the back seat and taken the steering wheel of their lives. With this, they trust and believe in themselves and their value. Some then set out to write books or start a business. Others decide they want to have a baby or move closer to nature. And most ground their daily lives in a sane and sacred rhythm that connects them to themselves and the world around them. It's truly amazing what the women in our community go on to do after this program. Year after year, I see that, especially with the option of our low monthly payment plan, She School is the best way I know of for a woman to blaze a trail back home to herself and to get the support she needs to get back on track when the going gets tough, to live the life that she really came here to live. And the She School starts next week. So if your inner she is nodding her head and tugging at your heart, now's the time to take a closer look. No rush, no pressure. Since this is the last show in our series, I just want to be really clear that our journey is just about to begin. And now it's time for our final bubble bath wisdom. As I mentioned earlier today, I'm sharing a few clips from some of last year's She School mentoring calls. Each clip holds a question. Each is deep and complex, reflecting the women who ask them. And each helps us to see how we can take all of this inner work and start to shine it out. I don't know about you, but that's definitely my favorite part. That's why I do this work, why I created this podcast. So the first question I received is, can you speak about the difference between discipline and devotion? Now, I know this is something that we all struggle with. And when we get busy, we tend to move towards discipline. So things start to feel really stale and dry. And listen in. Here's my response. This is a really good question, and I think that discipline, I can speak really well to discipline, because actually when, if you've ever heard of those tests where you can find your strengths, one of my top strengths is discipline. I'm very good at discipline. I have been my whole life. It's easy for me to pick up new habits and projects and devote myself to them consistently and see them to completion. And I know that's not true for all of us. So acknowledge that's, that that is uh, a unique strength. And discipline can sometimes be seen as more of a quality of the divine masculine. And devotion can sometimes be seen as more of a quality of the divine feminine. 
So discipline as a quality of the divine masculine, what does this mean? It means that we're able to set realistic goals that aren't self-sacrificing, self-sabotaging, and that are actually capable of being achieved and at the same time of stretching us and growing us. And discipline also involves setting and protecting clear but flexible boundaries. So that, for instance, I'll just use the, the, the example of doing a morning practice. I think that's something we can all relate to. Um, making it clear to the members in, the ho- in your household that this is your time for your practice. However, if your lover or partner or child is going off to work or school or they need something, that they know that they can come in and give you a kiss goodbye. Or if it's an emergency, they can get your support. But otherwise, it's your space. And you you can determine kind of the parameters about when you wish to be interrupted and, and when you don't. And devotion, this quality of the Divine Feminine, is a heartfelt dedication and commitment to something that we have a deep yearning, longing, sacred longing for. And we are willing to show up for that through thick and thin, through hell and high water, out of our deep love and care. And an example of that is if you're going through a rocky time in your relationship or with your health or in your career and you're not just going to throw in the towel and walk away because you care, you love deeply, you're not, you might decide at some point down the line to walk away but some part of you knows that there is more for you here to open you. There is more here for you to grow into. So even if it's not pretty, even if it's challenging, there is a heartfelt engagement with whatever is right in front of us. And the two can intersect really beautifully when we bring our love into our disciplined practices. And this is what feminine spiritual practice is. This is what it must be for it to run true and deep and for us, for it to lead us all the way home into the heart of who we are, which is boundless radiant, all-pervasive love. So close your eyes right now and call to mind someone that you love really deeply. And take a deep breath in and feel the strength, the ache in your heart. the felt sense of loving that person so 
much. And now let that person fade away from your mind's eye. But with your breath, extend that heart ache, that heart feeling down into your legs. Stretch the feeling awareness of your heart into your legs. And into your cheeks. into your sitting bones. Into your entire body. Into the room that you're sitting in right now. And into this circle, this global circle of sisters practicing right now. So any discipline that we're engaged in needs to run this heart energy through it. So when we're doing a yoga practice, we run our heart feeling awareness through our bodies. When we're showing up for a relationship, we are running our love intelligence through our breath, through our intentions, through our words. So there's a real sacred marriage, just as wholeness is achieved inwardly and outwardly with the sacred marriage between the divine feminine and divine masculine. Ultimately, she, capital S-H-E, includes capital H-E in it. It's a union of these two. The same needs to be true in the actions and intentions in our lives, marrying the discipline and the devotion applying that deep heart yearning, that immense capacity to love. Into the things that we care most about in life, including and especially the areas that are challenging. This honoring of the divine masculine or our inner he, which I talk about, and integrating it with our divine feminine is a really key piece in our heroine's journey, which unfortunately often gets left out of women's work. My own life experience has taught me that I've needed to really focus on healing my relationship with the masculine, not just the feminine in order to really thrive in the world and to share my voice, to share my work. And I also see this theme across the board in literally every single woman that I work with. 
So how do we know that we need more divine masculine in our lives? Here are some signs. Maybe you're unable to set and maintain clear boundaries. Or you suffer from either volcanic anger or its opposite, numbing shame. Maybe you're unable to manifest your goals and dreams and to follow a project through all the way to completion. Or you become overly emotional to the point that you can't really show up for your life. You procrastinate. Or you're unable to earn, save, or manage your money. And the list goes on. That's why in the She School, we devote one out of our nine monthly modules to this whole topic. And related to this is marriage or a long-term intimate partnership. The question is, what role does this play on a woman's spiritual path? Because the truth is, this work isn't meant to be done in isolation. In fact, it really can't be done alone. Most of our wounding happened in relationships, so it needs to be healed in relationship with our partners, in a community. We can't heal, we can't wake up through staying at home alone or simply reading a book or listening to a talk. We have to connect with others. So here's another question I received in one of our group mentoring calls about relationship. I want to know more about the heroine's journey and how it works in the context of a marriage or a long-term relationship, where your time and effort is often spent keeping the marriage healthy and helping another person work through their own inner and outer struggles. So another very rich and complex question, right? So important and relationship, intimate relationship with my fiance, Keith, is so central to my heroine's journey and to his hero's journey. And they're very intimately linked. So first off, relationship is central to the feminine spiritual path. As women, we really find our, our joy, our purpose in relationship. Relationship is usually the, the number one priority in our lives. Love, the number one priority. So to see that they're congruent, see that relationship and our feminine spiritual path are congruent and they're really one and the same. But we need to see this in different levels, different layers. So as women, we can be so outwardly focused to giving in relationship, to helping others. And some of us with different personality structures might be more inclined to that than others. But all of us as women, that's, it's how we're wired. And it's how we're conditioned as well. So we need to cultivate autonomy. And that's why we have spaces like this to create a relationship with ourselves. And not be so outward focused all the time, but to, to start primarily with this core relationship with oneself. And to see what do I need? 
What am I struggling with? What do I need to be healthy? How can I give myself those things? And then that relationship also begins to open and become a relationship with the divine, with source itself. When we start to inquire and to really look inwardly each day and to see what we need, to see how we are. And as we deepen in our practice, it goes back to that first question that was asked and we start to see, okay, I am this, I have this body and these feelings and these thoughts, this intuition. But we start to see a bigger totality of who we are that is beyond all of those things. That is radiant openness. That is always whole, has never not been whole. And to keep strengthening our relationship with that direct, intimate relationship with Source. And these two, you know, these, the ascending journey to really connecting with the divine, to connecting with Source, and the descending journey of connecting with our inner worlds. That is primary. Without that, we can't be fully in relationship with anything or anyone else. Now, this doesn't mean that we get narcissistic, and this doesn't mean that we get completely self-absorbed. But then we take that as fuel to bring into our marriage or to bring into our relationship and to see the divine in this other being. See, in this body, in this home, in this life, I can express my love for this life, for the source of this life, through how I relate to this human being, through seeing him or her in all of their glory, in all of their struggle. And to be devoted, to be devoted to this being. And to know that 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 being that you're in intimate relationship is the one who will know which buttons to press. And they will press them. And that is your continued call to keep evolving. They're going to keep mirroring back to you. What are the things that you're not seeing? What are the wounds that are not healing? What needs to come into light? So in this way, you're constantly serving each other to grow and to evolve. And it's going to help tremendously if this other being also has their own practice or way of relating to seeing relationship as the hero and heroine's journey. And relationship really is the accelerator of the spiritual path. It's what is going to evolve us. It's what's going to evolve us, period. but it's a relationship that's different than the conventional relationship around just 
being safe and being secure. We, we, we want those things at a certain level, but to also know that it's going to be going to challenge you. It's going to shake you. It's going to shake your sense of identity. It's going to, it's going to stretch you. It's going to force you to open, force you to love more deeply. And so every day we wake up and we connect with ourselves, we connect with the divine. And from there, we use that as fuel. Today, I'm going to share my heart as fully as I can with this other being, even if it means that I'm going to sometimes collapse. I'm going to hold that devotion to open my heart through this vehicle of relationship. And this is something that I will be teaching more about. Um, my my fiance Keith and I are um, going to be teaching a little class on this in on relationship and the spiritual journey. And this year's She School, it's a nine month mentoring program, group mentoring program that really leads us through the heroine's journey over an extended period of time. Um, so it's, it's a big topic. It's an important topic. And if your partner or friends don't have a spiritual practice, it's a practice to accept that. Accept that you, if you want to be in relationship with this person, then this is part of accepting who they are and seeing what is the ground for our connection. What is it? What is it that I'm devoted to in this being? What is it about them that makes me want to stay in relationship? That makes me want to be a better person? That makes me want to keep showing up for this? Whether that's a friend or whether that's your intimate partner. And if you, if you don't know, if you don't know why you're in that relationship, then that's the time to really question it. If, if you don't know why you're devoted to it, if you don't know what is the highest in this being that I am here to serve forth, then it's time to question, you know, is this relationship still evolving me? As I mentioned there, conscious relationship is a really vast and complex topic. And it's one that I go into in more depth in this year of She School in a special class that my fiance, Keith, and I are going to teach together during the module on the Divine Masculine. So each month there are lots of additional tools that I share to help support women with the full range of struggles that they bring to the program. Another one of these is conscious parenting. Now first a disclaimer, I am not a parent. Because of that, I don't pretend to understand the intense ups and downs of that noble journey. I have a ton of respect for all of you parents out there. I can only speak from my direct experience in mentoring many mothers over the years of being a doting aunt to four beautiful beings and from doing the constant daily inner work of being a good mother to the vulnerable parts of myself. 
So for those of you listening who, like me, are not biological mothers, this question also applies to those of us who mentor and lead other women or aspire to. Have a listen. Question, how does the heroine's journey work in the context of parenting and mentoring younger girls? What are some tips or practices one can do to help her daughter establish a healthier relationship with her special brand of femininity than society has to offer? How do we train younger girls to heal wounds and gain strength in a way we did not even realize was possible until late into our adult years? So a lot of what we struggle with now as grown women It can be alleviated, lessened through, in younger generations, through having a different experience in early childhood. So for mothers, for fathers, for aunts, I'm an aunt to three beautiful children, It begins with how we relate to these younger beings. And here we're talking about girls, but it would also apply to boys. And it goes back to what I share in the chapter, Healing the Mother Wound, of this process of attunement. So attuning is that thing, that magical thing that happens, particularly between mother and child, where a child feels fully seen and acknowledged and cared for without feeling smothered. So the two qualities of attunement are contact, actually touching into what is here, and then space, giving space to what's here. So contact and space. And an example is if a little girl is afraid to say, sweetie, I see that you're really afraid. And I know that this is really scary. And then space, which is to say, and it's okay. It's okay that you're afraid. So that contact is we actually touch it, we acknowledge it. We let it be here fully. Don't say, oh, you shouldn't be afraid of that, or come on, hurry up. We don't have time for that for you to be afraid. Get up. So this attunement, and with this attunement, very emotional about this topic. (laughs) 
with this attunement, we're letting this human being be who they are. We're letting them be who they are. We're letting them know it's okay for them to be who they are, how they are. It's okay for them to exist. They are worthy of existing and they are worthy of feeling anything that they feel or thinking anything that they think. They're worthy of having the full range of human experience. So for us as grown women, it starts with us doing this for ourselves. So that goes back to what I was saying in the previous question, this relationship with ourselves, this constant mothering of ourselves. Sweetie, I know that you're having a really hard time right now. It's okay. Okay, I'm here. I'm not going to leave you. just like with intimate relationship, if we can't do it for ourselves, we're not going to be able to offer it for someone else. We have to do it for ourselves every day, at least once, at least when we wake up in the morning, but ideally many times during the day when we get caught in something, when we get ensnared with judgment for another person or criticism for ourselves or sense of sadness or hurt or overwhelm. There's, we feel so many things on any given day. We need to offer a lot of inner support. And just like when you're with young children, they, they're going to feel the whole gamut on any given day. Can you attune, like that tuning fork, can you just tune into them? To connect, to have curiosity about them, about their experience of the world, rather than fitting them into a specific agenda about what you think they should feel or be doing or who they should be. And if we don't value our femininity, then our daughters aren't going to either. But to do the inner work of what about my femininity do I reject? What wounds have I been unwilling to feel, to heal? Where am I staying stuck in being a victim and denying my innate strength, denying my innate empowerment that has never left me that can never be tarnished. Diligently shine the light inside and then we know, then we know how to how to help other girls and women do that. But we, we, we can't know it unless we do it. So that's why these spaces for us as grown women are so important because we need support 
to heal these wounds, to claim this undeniable power. And then to take whatever we have and to share that with others who are needing it. So the heroine's journey, it has, it, 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 part of the heroine's journey, this is the homecoming. It, we have to share it with others. But only, only when we've done the work. We can't have the homecoming, you know, before we've started the journey. We can't go and and adapt our parenting or our mentoring if if we haven't done the work ourselves. And it, it's a natural fruition of the journey. Since everything starts with us being in a conscious, compassionate relationship with ourselves, let's drop into a short practice together. Over the past month together, we've engaged in practices like meditation, yin and flow yoga, and journaling. And now fitting for our theme today, let's do a practice for integration. Some of you know it and love it. Some of you resist it. And regardless of how we feel about it, for all of us, it's the most important yoga pose we can ever do. It's the one in which we digest our experiences in our lives. It's Shavasana, or the corpse pose, a posture of complete release and receptivity. So lay down on a soft surface, cover up with a blanket or a sweater, and enjoy this 10-minute guided relaxation that I led at the end of one of our online She School retreats. And then I'll see you once again on the other side of the practice. Enjoy. Once you feel that your breath has regulated, then go ahead and lay yourself down on the ground for our final Shavasana, final resting pose. Bring a little bit of extra mother love in here. Make yourself 5 to 10% more comfortable, whatever that means for you right now. So often what we leave out of our yoga practice is this final rest. So often what we leave out of our days and out of our lives is just simple time for rest. So it's not sleeping and it's not doing something. It's just laying down and resting. I recommend at least a five-minute rest after a yoga practice. If it's a long practice, then 10, even 15 minutes. I recommend every day in the middle of the day 
ideally between 2 and 4 p.m., which is the time when our adrenals need to rejuvenate the most, when we can have kind of an afternoon slump, when you want maybe that coffee or that piece of chocolate or something to give you that pick-me-up, it's just to lay down and rest for 10 minutes. Even if you don't sleep, it will help to restore you. It will help to energize you. So let's just lay here together in the state of communal rest. And so lucky we are as women that we're tuned in to the, the moon cycles. And if we're not, that we have the tools to be simply by being part of this type of community. And that the new moon reminds us to rest. If we're bleeding during the new moon or when we bleed, if you're still bleeding, even a deeper reminder, it's time to rest.
Bring your awareness back into your belly. Stretch out your arms and legs as if you're waking up for the first time today. Gently roll yourself to one side. And we'll come back into a seat for meditation. All right, sisters, it's time for us to say farewell for now. I hope that the teachings I've shared here have sparked some more wisdom and clarity in your life. That's why many of the women in the She School come back year after year. Some are even joining us for the fourth or fifth year in a row. And that reminds me, the She School is open for registration right now, but only for one more week. Since it's a nine month program, we only open up registration once a year. So this is your last chance until 2017. If you want to go deeper into some of these topics and dozens and dozens more, if you'd like some sisterly support and allowing all parts of your life to blossom from your inner wisdom in the year ahead, I hope you'll explore the She School. In the program, you'll receive nine modules of practices and teachings, monthly yoga and meditation retreats, and fierce and compassionate support from me and my entire teaching team. Not to mention the cheerleading from over 100 women who have already joined this year's program. So head on over to theshe-school.com to learn all about the program and to join us for our heroine's journey before we start next week. I hope that this series has enriched your life and soothed your soul in some way. Until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support. Thank you so much for being part of our sisterhood.